Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the interconnected Matt. Hello there. You, you missed a bit out. You forgot to say this is a show about Doctor Who. I did, didn't I? Yeah, um, I got yeah, that written I'm, down from last week when I interrupted you and did the intro. Yeah, I'm, 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 out, I'm, out, I'm just out of practice, clearly. <laughs> so, I, I thought after last week, uh, I wanted to keep the sort of positivity going a little bit. Oh, okay. So, you know, last week we sort of talked at length about how grateful and how much we enjoy our listeners. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think those fucking dorks have had enough attention. So, <laughs> this week I wanted to give a big shout out to all the writers, all the producers, all the cast, all the directors of the show we love so much. Ah, oh, well, that's a lovely thing to do. Um, yeah, and well worth it. I mean, uh, speaking of cast, did you hear... Uh, a... Did, oh, did you think I meant Doctor Who? <laughs> I, I was talking about the Disney Plus version of Hamilton. <laughs> I, I just wanted to shout out everyone involved in that. What a performance. What a production. Mm. I, it is on my to-do list. I haven't got around to it's it yet. so much better than anything we've watched for Doctor Who. What a soundtrack. Like, I've been in a fantastic mood for 24 hours since I watched that. Oh, good. Alexander Hamilton. You sang last week. I'll sing this week. His name is Alexander Hamilton. What what a performance. Loved it. Excellent. I mean, good recommendation there. I mean, really, really, uh, and uh, really sort of breaking the mould. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no one else has recommended Hamilton to me. Well, I, I sent a message to a guy I work with, the drama teacher at my school. Yeah. And I was like, will I actually enjoy this? Bearing in mind that, like, you know, I hate everything. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you'll know within five minutes. And I think within five minutes I was, like, in tears at how amazing it was. Good. Well, I mean, I'm, I am genuinely really... I mean, I'm being cynical there, but I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to giving it a go at some point. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like nearly three hours, and, you know, that's a big commitment when you've got a toddler. And the thing is, you've got to be wary, because obviously it's on a streaming service. Yeah. And to come full circle, as we know, Wi-Fi is the greatest evil on planet Earth. Yes, yeah, we're going to discuss that at length in this episode. We're talking about the Bells of St. John. Yeah. For uh, sixth episode overall of, of Series 7... Uh, first episode proper of 7b if you like mm. the structure of series 7 is so strange what what are your <laughs> thoughts on this episode okay right well then um i don't particularly enjoy it but there are elements that definitely do work and do do work well i think I think, as usual, it's always become rote to say this at this point, but Matt Smith turns in a great performance. Yeah. You know, as he does every episode. Um, he's, you know, he's a grafter, for sure. Um, and I think, uh, though it's been a... It's a weird start with Clara, isn't it? Because we've got well, all these that, that different... was my main criticism. Yeah. I think this is the weakest introduction of a companion we've had. Yeah, if you think in, if you compare it to Rose, uh, gr- um, oh, not Gridlock, uh, b- b- Smith and Jones. Yeah, the Hospital on the Moon. Yeah, Partners in Crime, Eleventh Hour. 
Yeah, I I would put I would rank it below all of those which, as well. Which would you say is the best? I still think it's Rose. Rose is is hard to beat. Um, I would say Eleventh Hour personally. Mm-hmm. I think Eleventh Hour is just a, you know a magnificent piece of television. Um, it, I think it it it's to me it's still. If I want a quick route into introducing someone into Doctor Who, I'd probably go Eleventh Hour over Rose. Mm. You know, if if we weren't doing this discussion, you you know, weren't doing the podcast, if I just sort of said to you, Matt, do me a favour, just try Doctor Who, I would have been pointing you towards Eleventh Hour over Rose. But um, yeah, Rose is great. I think I think it's just I think it's showing its age a little bit at this point. Yeah, I I don't know, like I. I put out on our Twitter at the time that this was an episode that I was uncertain how it made me feel and I wanted a yeah. bit of time to dwell on it. And yeah. I still don't really know. Like, it's an mm. episode that sets out to do quite a lot. Yes. I'm not certain it accomplishes all that it sets out to do. No, I, d- I definitely don't think it, it does. I th- yeah. I feel like the, the plot it, it's the plot that lets it down. The actual story itself... Is a bit of a weird jumble. Well, I, I just feel like when we reach the end of this episode, and yeah. we sort of get a great revelation, a twist at the end of the plot. I yeah. feel like that could just be one of those fifteen-minute prequel episodes that we sometimes get. Yeah, it, it it almost is. At the end of the day. What this episode does manage to do is get us to the point of this version, this contemporary version of Clara is now on the TARDIS with the Doctor and though they don't know, we know that the Great Intelligence is still out there pulling the strings. Mm. Um, but that's it. Um, every, I think the direction is really strong. Like, in terms of like just spectacle, I think this episode is really good at spectacle mm-hmm. to the point that I almost feel like... Moffat had the idea of the Doctor riding a motorcycle up the Shard and just worked backwards from there. Yeah, like that was his that was his big moment that he thought of, just like, okay, how could I engineer an entire episode to get well, us that, to that, that point? That goes back to what we said last week. I imagine in the writers' room they were a bit stuck and they looked yeah. out the window, maybe saw the Shard on the skyline, and just saw, yeah, we've got it. Yeah, well, I mean, and and let's let's just quickly talking broad terms about the whole Wi-Fi thing, evil Wi-Fi. I mean, it was it was 2012, wasn't it? Yeah. 2013 even, actually. 2013 this was. Yeah. Um, sure, I guess. It, look, Moffat has, uh, does this quite a lot. He did it with shadows, with the Vashta Narada. He did it with statues, with the Weeping Angels. You know, taking something ordinary and trying to make it scary. I think the issue with wi-fi is it's so functional and commonplace well i'm just looking around the room i recording and i've got two laptops a tablet a phone (laughs) an xbox a ps4 a switch (laughs) and a smart tv yeah and it's just like i'd be absolutely fucked in fact i'm gonna google it because i remember there's a horror film that would have come out about the same time that was pretty much the same premise. Hold on. Yeah. Horror film. I think it was specifically about mobile phones. It might be 
It might be. There's one that's come up on Google called One Missed Call. But right. I don't believe that's it. I can't remember what it was called. But it was actually pretty good. It was about mm. a ghost in a mobile phone. I'm pretty certain someone was, like, talking on... Yeah, it might be the one that's called One Missed Call. Mm. Um, Never heard of that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is. It, I... It's the one I'm thinking of. It's pretty yeah. good. Like... I, it wasn't the worst that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, this it's the kind of thing where it's like it's ba- someone's bound to do it sooner yeah. or later. Um, I think I think the execution is a little bit lacking, and we'll talk in more detail about that as we go through the episode. But uh, uh, overall, I think I think the visually there's some amazing, striking moments. Um, and the central performances of Matt Smith and Jenna Coleman are great. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a hard watch. See, it's not a slog pr- the way prior some of the really to terrible this, episodes are. Most of the feedback from our listeners was they were really intrigued on what I thought about Clara. Right, yeah. And, and I mean, the thing is, sense. I don't think you're able to really form an opinion from this episode. No, it's like, too soon, isn't it? At the end of the day, you've had as much time with this version as Clara as you have with two th- other versions. Yeah, and the thing so, is, I, I would say, if I had any criticism of her so far, I don't like that she's overly flirty. Mm. And I, I, in a way, I sort of appreciate that, because it's almost the Doctor's great weakness is his like social interactions. Yes. You know, yeah. he's so clever... In all aspects, except you know the human element of being human. Yeah, she 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 continually wrong foots him with with the flirting and, and and not just the flirting actually with 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 other aspects as well uh, which we'll, we'll we'll touch on. But like she, I think she she challenges the Doctor in a way that Amy didn't. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is interesting. But there is. It is early days. I think it's too. It's certainly too early for you to form a definitive opinion on Clara as a character. I understand why people are very keen to get your take on Clara because I would say, do I even tell you this? Why not? Clara is, I would say, the single most divisive companion See, in the history of New Who. When I was just googling like Doctor Who memes. A lot yeah. of them seem to be based around negative feelings towards Clara. Yeah, there is a very strong contingent of people who absolutely loathe Clara. And there is an equally strong contingent of people who absolutely adore Clara. And then there are the much quieter people who just tend to stay out of it, who are probably <laughs> just like, she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but 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 it's weird. Like, I, I've never seen the same... The, the people who hate Clara, my God, do they hate Clara. Um. i tell you what, why don't we do some troll baiting? I'm going to put from our Twitter just a message that says, Clara is a better companion than Ace. <laughs> if you disagree, you are stupid. <laughs> And I'm really going to put like hashtag need... Doctor Who, just to 
fish people. <laughs> and I'll put... I really feel like you need to put. We need to put a disclaimer on. Uh... That no. Twitter feed Let's... that I one hundred percent disassociate myself with everything you post on. There. Let's just see, like, what we get in response. I mean, it'll certainly be interesting to see if we do get anything. Um, I tell you what, if you disagree, we can do better than you are stupid. Uh, if you disagree, you are the worst type of Doctor Who fan. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Well, it, it, it will certainly be an interesting social experiment. Right, so that's gone live. Let's just see if we get any replies throughout today's show. Lovely. Uh, in right, a final um, nod back to last week's show, some mm-hmm. people will want to know, I have taken my trousers off prior to recording. <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. I feel we're on like the other side of the hill now. Last week was so special, wasn't it? With the singing and the silliness, and... it was it was it was a good one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Like you know, let's not let's not let's not be too negative here. We we you know there, there are, I'm sh- I'm sure there are still places we can go. Yeah. Right. Should we jump into this then? Let's do it. So the bells of Saint John from the thirtieth of March two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. Season seven, episode seven. And it's written by Stephen Moffat. Yes, it is indeed. Okay, so I have just started by quite simply saying Wi-Fi is dangerous and there's a guy that's giving a warning that within Wi-Fi there is a code. So when you Mm -hmm. choose to sync your device to a Wi-Fi network... It's It's this one that's specifically like a string of weird alien-looking characters. That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, first things first, if you were looking, if you were like out and about and you wanted to connect to to a sort of Wi-Fi hotspot on your phone and you've got a few different options and one of them is a weird string of alien looking characters, why the fuck would you click on that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like when I first got the internet, I had to try and explain to my mum that every website she went on, she wasn't like the millionth winner or the millionth customer. Oh, God. And, you know, uh, our, yeah. our first computer died a unglamorous death thanks to my <laughs> mum's love of spam. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's things yeah. in your computer. And yes. They upload you into the internet. And I think. I think? I think yeah. at this point they call it the data cloud. Yeah. I, the, I they... hate the term cloud in terms of the mm. internet. When it's people like people, it's just for thick people that don't fully understand what is happening. So you just go, yes. "Oh, it's just uploaded to the clouds." I mean, it's not. It's the data is being stored on a server rather than on your your hard drive. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, so I don't. I I quite like this as a cold open. I think the whole alien, uh, I alien symbol thing it looks cool but it's really dumb because it just immediately i'm just like why would anyone click on that but the 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 repeated phrase that that i don't know where i am thing Mm. that i think is a good creepy phrase it reminded me a lot of are you my mummy yeah yeah Um, 
I think it's very Moffaty. That was the Doctor Dances, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and little creepy phrases like that. Doctor Who does quite well, I would say. Credit where credit's yeah. due. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that, that brings us into the titles. Did you spot Matt Smith's face this week? I, I did. I, I looked yeah. for it intentionally. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think about it? Do you think it's, like, too subtle? Or... Uh, I think it's just about right. I don't yeah. I don't like it on the old ones where, like, creepy, haggard old doctor, like, <laughs> sticks his face up and gives me a cheeky wink that... <laughs> You know, <laughs> don't forget that was at the BBC in the eighties. I know what that wink means. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, I forget where we start after the cold. So open. we're in Cumbria in twelve oh seven. Oh yes, right. so we start with the doctor. The bells yeah. of Saint John are ringing. Mm. Now that's the only time the bells of Saint John are mentioned, aren't they? Yes, indeed. Through this episode, I I was like, are they going to go back to that with it being the title? But No. No. I mean, you got the reference, though, right? Why why they refer to the Bells of St. John? No. Okay, so... And I I do think this is a bit of a criticism. All I know about St. John is he drives an ambulance. Well, exactly. So, so um, bells. They the monks come in and say, "Oh, the bells of Saint John are ringing." They go and fetch the doctor. But I think other stuff happens in the te- in between. So, by the time you get back to the doctor getting to the TARDIS, you've potentially forgotten about that. There is a Saint John ambulance sticker ah, on is, the, the 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 TARDIS door, and it's the the exterior TARDIS phone that is ringing. Yes. So that is what they mean by the bells of St. John are ringing. I, I did quite like, because at this point I wasn't aware that the Doctor was in any way really linked to these monks. Yeah. So when they talk about the bell, and as they get ever closer, you realise it's just the telephone ringing. I thought that yes. was quite a good moment. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I feel like Moffat was just so pleased with that idea that he was like, okay, I'm going to name the episode that. but. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So, the monks that have heard the bell ringing go to mm. see the mad monk. Yeah. Now, and, I, Oh, this is such a tease. I, I was going to say, because I'm kind of aware that... Is there a Doctor Who character called the mad monk? The meddling monk. The meddling monk, right. But they... they uh, Moffat knew exactly what he was doing with right. that. <laughs> yeah, so it's the Doctor... Yes. And he's quite dishevelled. He's wearing big, like, monk hood. And Mm -hmm. he's been spending his time painting a picture of Clara. Yep. That, of course, has Run You Clever Boy and Remember written on it. Yep. So this is where we jump to the modern day and meet Clara, who is babysitting. Or she's trying to, but the Wi-Fi won't work. Mm Mm-hmm. And did you notice the book that the little boy was reading? I did indeed. Okay. Summer Falls by Amelia, Amelia Williams. Williams. Mm. And I believe that, it was... Amy they, Pond. Yes. I, I believe they actually published a novel um, with that cover and that title and, and as a sort of tie-in thing. I don't know if it's any good. I imagine it's just full of like oblique references to Doctor Who and it's quite an annoying read. Yeah. <laughs> but I know it's out there and some people did buy it so yeah so Clara 
tries to fix the Wi-Fi and she sees this weird Wi-Fi code. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I can't ever remember doing this. She just tries to ring a man to fix the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. She's got a phone number from a woman in a shop. Uh, and she's just... Like, yeah. what was she expecting to happen there? <laughs> like, who knows? you can't just uh, ring okay. BT and just go, Wi-Fi's broken. This is one of the things as well that I like. I feel like this is... You can tell that this is an episode written by a man in his 40s. Mm. Because the idea that a 24-year-old woman would be so technically illiterate, I find really hard to believe. Yeah, like, totally. At the very least, you'd know the name of your internet service provider and try and well, contact them. Everyone knows if your internet's broken, you ring Henry Van Staten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember him, owner of the internet. Yeah. Maybe he's in on this. Yeah. Could be. Oh, it actually, all comes full circle. Yeah, actually, this would be because I'm. Ah, uh, I forget what year the um, Dalek is set. I think it's like 2012, 2013. So it'll let's, be around this time. Let's take a quick look. So blah 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 blah. Because it's definitely it's 2012. In, in so 2012. So actually, this but this technically is after the fall of Van. Staten. Is after the fall of Staten, Staten, but only by a few months. So it would it be. Diana Goddard, who was his assistant yes, in that episode. Yes, So yeah. she's now in charge of the internet. Yeah. So ring... Maybe she's been corrupted. Yeah, ring yeah. Diana. She'll fix it yeah. for you. But anyway, no, the woman in the shop, whoever that no, is... That was a deep cut. We haven't talked about that episode in a while. Yeah. Um, so the, they, the, the woman in the shop gives him gives Clara the number, mm. uh, which turns out to be the number of the Doctor. I, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Yes. Da, 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 da. I think the woman in the shop is more important than just a throwaway line. I think it's going to be River Song. Oh! I think we're going to get to like the end of the Doctor's adventures with Clara, and River Song's going to go back in time and arrange mm. their meeting. That's an interesting theory. Mm. Well, she's pretty much the only woman left in the Doctor Who canon at the moment. Yeah, everyone and... else has been blasted through time. <laughs> Or can't talk to the Doctor for some weird reason. Yeah. Could be Martha. Martha's fine. Yeah, but she's, like, married with a kid now. Has she got a kid? I, I don't know so- there was an implication she had a kid. I thought... Uh, I she may- was running around battling Sontarans with Mickey. I, I maybe dreamed that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, was that... Was that in that Farewell Sarah Jane thing that we watched? Oh, uh, maybe it was. I... You know what? I've just completely jettisoned that from my brain. Yeah. I'll probably rewatch it one day when I've actually watched all of Sarah Jane Adventures. I'm sure it will be a lot more impactful for me then. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so. Um, also, if you're listening, Clara's a better sidekick than Sarah Jane. <laughs> and Ace. Now, you would definitely have gotten some, uh, some uh, responses for that. I'm just going to go and edit my tweet. (laughs) (laughs) That is tantamount to heresy. Uh, Just going to sort that mess out. So, Clara is now both better than Ace and Sarah Jane. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right then. So, um, so yeah, Clara rings the doctor. Yep, she gets through, and at first he just can't really comprehend what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, this is only the second time that that exterior phone has actually rung that we've seen on screen. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, the first time was also uh, a Moffat episode. It was in uh, the aforementioned um, Empty Child. Yes. Yeah. So, just looking at my notes, I've put Clara has an incredibly poor understanding of computers. Uh, like, weirdly so. How did <laughs> yeah. you get to be, you know, a, a, a young person in Britain, in you know, in her early 20s, and just have no idea how computers or the internet work on any level. Yeah. But at the other end of the spectrum... If she was a 50-year-old woman, I'd understand it. I think but... the most boring conversation outside of Doctor Who is people talking about their computers. Where they're just like, oh, I've just upgraded to a solid-state hard drive. If you are... <laughs> They refer to themselves as the PC master race, don't they? What a mm. bunch of arseholes. <laughs> Just get a, get a SNES. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter how good your game looks. Your eyes can only take so much in. Yeah. So boring. I hate it. Um, but uh, Everyone needs a hobby. When Clara relays her Wi-Fi password to the doctor, it is Reichbar123. Yes. R-Y-C-B-A-R-1-2-3. Mm-hmm. And it stands for? Run, you clever boy, and remember. One, two, three. Mm. So You getting tired of that yet? Uh, <laughs> they're laying it on pretty <laughs> thick, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, it's even more gratuitous than uh, Bad Wolf. At least that was just written mm. on posters in the background. And, and, and it's snappy. Like, yeah. run, you clever boy, and remember, that's that's a mouthful. It doesn't even make sense. Like, remember what? Mm. The 5th Maybe of November? What if we never find out? Gunpowder, and dro- treason, and plot. That's all you've got what, to remember. What? How would you feel if Moffat decided that you just got bored of that plot line and just sort of dropped it, and it was just never referenced again? It, it would not surprise me. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the Time Dragons to come back from Father's Day. <laughs> Don't think I've yeah. forgotten that. We're, we're, we're all waiting on that one. Yeah. So that sort of triggers the Doctor immediately, so he goes to see her as a matter of urgency. Yeah. Now, there's a company uploading people to the data cloud. Yes. Like, this is the most paint-by-numbers evil corporation ever, isn't there? It is. It's like like, there's just nothing to it. We're uploading things to the data cloud, so straight away, people who were scared of technology (laughs) will be put off. Now, they have a client, and there's a stern woman in charge. I feel like we've seen this frequently in Doctor Who. Yeah, it is is very sort of textbook. You know, when it said, oh, we have a client, I thought it was going to be that big monster that runs the TV station. Oh, that'd be fun, isn't it? The Jagra Fest. Yeah. 
See, I'm getting all the deep cuts, all the classic references this week. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, and uh, just to to mention, I don't know if you uh, recognise the the actor playing uh, Miss Kislet, the, the the woman in charge, yeah. Celia Imry. Yeah. You know, pro- proper like acting royalty. Yeah, like she's done everything, hasn't she? She has. She's just one of those faces. Just she's just always on some. Let's say of... like. I, I recognised her straight away, and then I was like, I, I couldn't place her. And then when I went on her Wikipedia, I was just like, oh, she's been in everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so she's in charge, Miss Kislet. Yeah. And then we cut back to Clara, mm-hmm. who, within minutes, has had enough of the Doctor. <laughs> because... <laughs> As we've said, his social interaction lets him down. He's not the best at explaining himself, is he? No, and to be fair, who knows how long he's been spent sort of meditating in a monastery, trying just having a good old think, Yeah, obsessing about this poor girl. So, Clara hears a noise upstairs, and that's sort of her excuse to leave the Doctor. He's just stood mm-hmm. at the front door, which is shut. Yeah, um, still in his monk's robes. Yeah. And he does that really, it's like really odd, creepy moment as well, where she's like, he introduces himself and then we get the whole Doctor Who thing and he asks her to repeat it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I've forgotten how much I like hearing that said out loud. It's just like, how do you think this is coming across, Doctor? Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. There's an odd girl upstairs mm-hmm. who starts to come down. And I've said, is it the girl from the front of the book that the little boy? It is, was yes. Yeah. They do, and they do like explicitly state that later in the episode. But uh, yeah. yes, uh, but she isn't a little girl. She's got a satellite dish for a head. Yeah, and so it's sort of her head, sort of very slowly and creepily turns around uh, one hundred and eighty degrees, and then reveals this yeah weird sort of dish. Yeah, but at um, the same time, the dish. Is like a screen, isn't it? It can present mm-hmm. information. Yeah. Um, so they're referred to in the episode, um, and I think it's like the people who work for the company have like nicknamed them this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the spoonheads. Okay. So that's the name of those robots. What What do you think of the design of the spoonheads? Um, I don't know. Now you've said spoonhead, all I can think is Button Moon with Mister Spoon. Yeah. Um, uh, I I think they're quite good. Although the screen, like the, I've called it the satellite dish screen, is flat. So how does no one notice that they've just got like one half of their head missing? But at the same time, I didn't notice it until it was totally revealed. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like it's a, for me. It's a bit of a swing and a miss. Like it's it's close to being a, an interesting new sort of robot design. Yeah. But it doesn't quite get there, and I can't put my finger on why. Uh, I don't think it's helped by just how ill-defined what they do is. Like they yeah. sort of they zap people, and then the people are displayed on the spoonhead screen, but then also they're in the cloud or and like. Is it their souls that are there? But then, why they why are they still in some sort of physical space? Like when you see them on the webcam, they've got like backdrops behind them. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. If you compare it to, and it's not a well liked episode, but do you remember the Idiot's Lantern? Yeah, 
where people's faces were being stolen yeah. by the wire. And you had the, the, the stacks of old televisions and but it was just people's like black and white faces yeah. stuck in that, this void. That, that in was the context more made more sense, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. See, the robot here, it reminded me of you know the episode where we see old Amy and there was she makes oh, yes. her little robot yeah. Rory. Yeah, and you got the, the the like the little sort of nurse robots. Mm. Yeah, they were similar to those in that like it's not explicitly explained how they work. They're just robots. Yeah, that can apparently just adapt to any form. Mm. Just you know, as easy as that. But anyway, yeah, they're, they're okay. So where are we up to? So uh, the doctor uh, Clara's getting zapped. Yeah. By the spoonhead. So the Doctor runs into the TARDIS, and I've put in my notes, he becomes the Doctor again. Yes. He sort yeah. of throws off the mad monk robes, mm-hmm. gets dressed, obviously puts his bow tie on. Yeah, he's got a lot. I like the, the, you know, the sort of almost ceremonial way in which he sort of brings it out of this little handcrafted wooden case he's got for it, you know. Yeah, so we um, we see almost like... I don't want to use the term regeneration, but it's like the rebirth of the Doctor. He, yes, he's yeah. himself again. Yeah, he's back in action. Uh, what? And I really like his his costume for, which I'm pretty sure he keeps for the remainder of this series. So it's like he's kind of ditched the tweed jacket. It's sort of a longer, velvety sort of affair. Mm. Um. Yeah, I, I, it, it's it's a good look. But anyway, yeah, it's nice to have like the Doctor properly back. Yeah. So, Clara doesn't know where she is. So, we know that she's become uploaded. Yeah. So, she's knocked out. Her body's on the floor unconscious. But her face appears on the robot screen. Talking to the doctor, saying, I don't know where I am. So, the doctor uses his sonic screwdriver to turn the... Well, reverse the upload, isn't it? Yes, yeah, because like, she's uploaded but not fully integrated. In true, like, early internet, we get to see a graphical bar going up with a percentage yeah. and then coming and back going. down. Yeah, great. So we know what's going on there, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've just put, there's an awful scene that I've described as a hack-off between right. the Doctor and one of the people working at this company... Uh, yeah. They're sort of tapping on their keyboards against oh, one another. Oh god, yes, yeah. Just like and that, absolute balls, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, and that occurs a couple of times in this uh, this story. And again, again, it's like this is a, a sort of techno thriller written by a, a writer who clearly has no actual interest but in technology. One, one thing that is guaranteed to sort of take me out of the moment in any yeah. film, TV show, is fake typing. Uh, it really, really gets to me. Yeah. You know, literally, the man is just banging a keyboard. Just completely at random. Yeah. yeah. Although now, as I've banged my keyboard, I've, like, pressed something I shouldn't have on my computer. <laughs> um, I managed to lock the screen there. I was worried I'd just cancelled the call, but I haven't. That's helpful. So yeah, um, so there's this awful hacking scene, but the Doctor manages to save Clara. 
Yes. And he Hooray. responds with a message that says, under my protection, and it's signed, The Doctor. Mm. And as a result of this, Miss Kislet says she needs to contact her client. Yes. So... We don't know who the client no, is No, but yet. the fact that they seem aware of the Doctor made me think it could be someone we've seen before. Yeah. I wasn't certain who. So, Clara wakes up, and the Doctor has been taking care of her. He's almost guarding her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, there's this sort of tender scene where he's sort of like... Because um, she's sort of still kind of out of it, so he's popped her in bed, um, like... Pop, 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 given her a, a uh, glass of water in a vase mm. and popped some flowers in a mug, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a nice detail, um, and um, gives her a plate of jammy dodgers. Yeah, that's a nice yeah. acknowledgement. It'll call back. Yeah. So the doctor explains to Clara that something is living in the internet. Yeah. And potentially something has hacked Clara. Mm hmm. And at this point, I've made a note that Clara's a bit flirty. Yeah. And there's... A bit turns out to be an understatement by the time we get to the end of the episode, well, I think. Yeah. But... yeah. <laughs> so, there's a man in the street mm -hmm. who also has a screen head. And yep. he manages to turn all the lights on the street on. Yeah. But all other lights... I don't know whether we're in London at off. this point. He turns them all I off. I think we are in London, yes. Yeah. yeah. And the reason he's done that is to make the street appear as though it's a runway. As there's a plane approaching. Yeah. It's as though the plane's going to land here and crash rather than at an airport. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I did think any pilot with half their brain would realise that the airport hasn't suddenly moved four miles. But we find yeah. out both pilots are unconscious. Yes. So the doctor managed to avert we, all of this. We, we, let's yeah. So let's just unpack what I think is probably one of the the big spectacle uh, spectacle moments of the episode. Mm -hmm. Oh, also other other thing to note. I don't know if you caught this when the doctor sort of babbling excitedly to Clara, saying you know all the stuff he's been doing whilst he's been out of it. He says he's uh, assembled a quadricycle. Okay. Um, and when when she says you know there was no disassembled quadricycle, he says, <laughs> and I mean like the line we just says, I invented the quadricycle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know that will come back later. Um, and. So he hurries Clara into the TARDIS, yeah, and gets them to take off. So, so they're out of danger, out of harm's way. But he still needs to sort out, you know, needs to avert the the, the crisis with the plane. So he materializes onto the plane, and you know, and and it's like one continuous shot, like going into the TARDIS, taking off, coming coming out onto the plane, and it's. Uh, directed with this great sort of frenetic style and i it's a really really standout bit of direction and editing because hmm. I, I mean god knows how hard that must have been to execute you know yeah to make it so fluid and that's it um, and it, we're usually fairly critical of action sequences but it works it's not really something well. Doctor who 
does very well but yeah no it really is it like it you know you get the tension of the moment um slightly undercut by the fact that it's happening so fast that you can't really feel it like you it's hard for your brain to keep up yeah with what's actually happening <laughs> but anyway yes uh so they managed to avert disaster yeah. no plane crash yeah so just just as well because they wouldn't have had the budget for it yeah <laughs> but um when they get back on the uh tardis the Doctor realises they're being chased. So he yeah. says the best thing to do is to jump forward in time. Mm-hmm. That way, even if they're tired, the people that are chasing them will be more so. Yes. And they're able to get like a clean break and move away without yes. leaving any scent or trail behind them. Mm-hmm. So then we have what I've described as Thames nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so the TARDIS appears out of nowhere in amongst yes. some street performers. Everyone yeah. believes it's part of a magic show that the big blue mm-hmm. box has appeared from nowhere. Yeah. And then the Doctor comes out riding a motorbike whilst Clara's yeah. connecting I, money I do in like a hat. That he, that, yeah, he, well, he produces his, his fez, yeah. you know, to, to collect money. And he says, look, uh, keep, and he says to Clara, keep collecting, we need enough for breakfast. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just... Okay, I, I'm in two minds about this, because on the one hand, it's really fun. Mm. On the other, the whole excuse of, like, why why don't we materialise uh, nearer where we need to be, the Doctor says something like, oh, I never bring the TARDIS into battle. Bullshit! Now, we've seen him flying down the motorway, hanging out of the TARDIS. Yeah, it's just complete nonsense, in fact, isn't it? recently, like, we've seen him land it, on a Dalek mothership. Exactly. So it's just like, and all of a sudden he's like, he's scared to just materialise next to some offices. Yeah. No, it's, I'm yeah. not he just, want, he just wanted an excuse to ride his new quadricycle. Yeah. So then we get, a, I've just put, there's a bike bit with happy music. Yeah. So It's a bit, it's a bit much, isn't it? This is like, I, I, I I've said before, I sometimes I like Murray Gold's scores, sometimes I find them just a bit too much. And this is just like, with the, the sort of scat singing and stuff, it's just like... This episode, oh, no. tonally, is all over the place, isn't it? It really is. You know, you usually get a fun episode or a serious episode, whereas here, it's... It's just everything. Yeah, it's like one minute we're stopping a plane crash, then we're having a mm. gay old time driving across London. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So that happens. They get and they pop into a cafe, don't they? They do, like a sort of rooftop cafe. Because they're in London and there's tourists everywhere, the company is able to hack everyone's camera phones yeah. to track the which, doctor's movements. Which sounds like a it, which you're like, oh, that's clever and exciting. You know, I've never thought. You know, I've never thought about that, all these people taking photos. But I'm just like, yeah, but it's CCTV everywhere in London. Just hack that. Yeah. That's surely going to be easier than hacking loads of people's what, individual phones. What do you think, like, as we're sat here today, is the big technology that's going to be the next scary thing in Doctor Who? Oh. <sighs> I, I hope it's not... Under the circumstances, I really hope it's not 5G. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's not play into that. Uh, I don't know, because I feel like we're reaching a plateau. Hmm. 
I feel like the smartphone is kind of an endpoint to so many things. We now have these sort of pocket devices that do basically everything you could hope for a portable computer to do. What do we really need at this point that's Plus, a step beyond that? I, I know I've talked about a lot of old episodes. Didn't we see a very similar plot in the Cyberman episode where everyone got new mobile phones? It was Bluetooth headsets. That's it, Bluetooth. Yeah, and which in, in hindsight, what a flash in the pan thing that was. Yeah. But that was next... pretty much the preserve of dickheads, at, you know, even at, at the height of the Bluetooth headset, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. It's really hard for me to think of what what comes beyond that. Um, I, I guess I guess at this point it is like further in refinement integration of VR. You yeah, know, virtual when, reality. When we're, when we're actually getting to the point, because obviously, I don't know. But I mean, Google Glasses were a complete disaster, weren't they? Yeah, and didn't, but didn't could Snapchat something like that actually some glasses as well? Oh, maybe. Is anyone using Snapchat now? I thought it was all TikTok now. I, I can't keep up. I, I'm at least yeah. five social medias behind the trend. I I pretty much bailed, at, uh, you know, at Facebook. You know? How, how's I, your I, venture into Twitter oh, been? You, oh, you, yes, you, you I did have join joined Twitter. Well, I mean, technically I revived an old account, um, but I yeah, I never met... I'll probably do what I always do. I get about sort of 15 tweets in and then I get bored. I find Twitter odd. I can't put my finger on it, but I just I it doesn't work for me as a platform. I'm not brevity is not really a strong suit of mine. No. So that's I can't remember I who it was. With. It might have been Ricky Gervais gave the best description of Twitter where he said Twitter is just starting a conversation and hoping someone joins in. Mm. And I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think I guess that's for me it's like Compared to say Facebook or Reddit, which I use much more frequently, where you, if you want to go in depth, you can go in depth, mm. and it's uh, the the invitation is there in a way where a lot with, with Twitter there is a lot more just like just blurting things out into the void. Yeah, like um, telling everyone you prefer Clara to Sarah Jane, an ace. Yeah. I mean, some people definitely do, but and that's fine. But it's but yeah, you are definitely you, you're poking the bear yeah. with that one. <laughs> Why not? Right. Um, so where are we? So, we're, we're farting around on a on a bike. Yeah. Oh no, we've gone up to the cafe. Yeah, and the doctor and Clara start arguing over a laptop. Yeah. And lucky me, we get some more fake speed typing this time from Clara yes. because because they implanted computer skills in her now. Yes, because when they were when they were reviewing her as a prospective target, they were like, "Oh, she's very intelligent, but she's got no computer skills." They're like, "Oh, that's fine. We can we can so easily hack that." Do you think at the beginning they made her intentionally overly stupid just so they could p- have it as a plot point later on? I guess. I I don't know. I just yeah, the whole Clara having no computer skills thing just doesn't ring true to me. Yeah. At all. But anyway, so now she's doing more furious tippity-tapping yeah, and we've got sort of like just random bits of code flickering along on the screen. And... She's too flirty. Uh, too flirty. This is, I feel like we reach peak flirt at this point, maybe. Yeah. Didn't like it. So neither did the Doctor, because he goes to get coffee. Yeah. And 
when he's ordering the barista is hacked. Yeah. So I don't think so. He's talking we see it as to, to Miss Kislet at this point, do we? It's just someone no. who's clearly under the control of this company. Yeah, and that's the thing. This is so, it's so ill-defined what they can actually do, isn't it? Yeah. It's basically just sorcery. So <laughs> Clara needs to create a username for herself. Uh-huh. And she says, oh, I'm going to have Clara Oswald for the win. Oh, I'll maybe shorten that to Oswin. Yeah. So we get a little hark back to that plot point. Mm-hmm. And then I've just put, the Doctor is incredibly angry at Wi-Fi. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like Grandpa Simpson, the old man shouts at Cloud. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit. And to be fair, he's got a form. Um, there's some. There's multiple stories I can point to in, in the Troughton era, like um, the Ice Warriors and uh, the Invasion, where the Doctor spouts what was fairly common sentiment back in the mid-60s, where he's just anti-computer. Mm. He's just like, oh, what do I need a computer for? I mean, the power of the human mind is far superior. And, of course, it's understandable because like, people's jobs were under threat by this new technology. And, you know, it's it's something that repeats all throughout history. But it's really weird when you watch those episodes now and you, you're watching The Doctor, you know, this man of science and, mm. you know, this character who's always embracing technology and, and, and alien technologies from the stuff of the future just grumbling about fucking reel-to-reel computer banks uh, we've had a reply to my Clara tweet oh yes uh, but it's just someone agreeing it's just uh, your favourite listener Kimberly the one who likes your singing <laughs> saying that she always liked Clara which is a nice message but I was really hoping for some angry hate well, there's it's early days yet. Let's we'll put another one out. Week. The worst episode of New Who is better than the best episode of Old Who. <laughs> the worst episode of New Doctor Who is better than the best episode of Old Doctor Who. And again... If you disagree, <laughs> you are the worst type of Doctor Who fan. Full stop. <laughs> Hashtag Doctor Who. I w- if anyone knows how to hack a Twitter account, Why? you can just... Rest this out of Matt's control. Why? Do get in touch with you me. You agree with me. <laughs> I you tell me that all not. the time. Oh, man. I cannot wait. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Let's, so, anyway. Let's just get this so, over with. Whilst Clara's it. furiously hacking all the computers, she's yeah. hacking their social media to find out where they are. Yeah. So, obviously, the faces before always said, I don't know where I am. So, Clara's trying to solve that mystery. And it turns out they're in the Shard on floor 66. Yeah, so I don't think it's the people... I don't think it's... No, it's the people working for this Working at... Yeah, working for this mysterious company. when um, Kislet asks who's told their social media where they are, 
there's quite a funny scene where they all ashamedly like raise their hands. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So they've got the lock on on where they need to go. But the problem is, the doctor that Clara is speaking to isn't the doctor. It's yeah. A spoon it's a spoonhead. Yeah. Yeah. So Clara does get uploaded fully this time. Yeah. But the real doctor goes to save her on a flying motorbike. I'll let well, you take flying. the lead on this. It's not flying, it's just anti-gravity. Um, oh, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. He rides it up the well, side of a building. Yes, yeah, but it's clinging to the side of the building. It's not... It, it can't fly. Mm. I think it needs a surface to ride on. But that surface doesn't have to be horizontal. So... Um, but, yeah, I, I don't... Uh, it's so... It's such a big, stupid sort of set-piece thing. And I want to completely hate it, but I really like... The performance of it, because Miss Kislet is continuing to, like, hack people along the way. Mm. And, like, there's this just bloke with, with like, a bag of chips out on the street. Like, sort of a big beardy bloke. And uh, when the Doctor shoots off and starts riding at the side of the building, he just sort of says, oh, my God. And it's just... I don't know. I really like his performance <laughs> as play, you know, being hacked by this very prim woman. Um, so yeah, that kind of saves the moment for me. Yeah, it's not the worst we've seen. No. So once he arrives, I, dread, I just dread to think how much they spent on it. <laughs> yeah. Once he arrives, the Doctor demands that Kislet download Clara. Yeah. But the robot that's. R- the doctor that's riding this bike is the robot doctor yeah. who's been hacked by the real doctor who's back yeah. at the cafe with his feet up having a coffee. Yes. And because it's a robot, it's able to upload Kislet. Mm-hmm. And it can't download her, it can't save her without downloading everyone. And yeah. one thing we haven't mentioned sort of prior is Kislet walks round the office where she's working with an iPad, and she can change the people working for her. Yeah, she's just got little sliders that she can just, like, um, increase their obedience, decrease their paranoia and things like that. And it's just like, ah, it's dumb, isn't it? Yeah, so the Doctor uses that. He hacks that to make them fully obedient. So when Kislet is screaming, help me, save me, download me, they do do that. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell this was just in a day and age where people just didn't get technology. I, th- I think what annoyed, what moves me up the one wrong way is it's not just that Moffat doesn't get it; he's not trying to get it. Yeah, there is no real effort on his part to make it remotely mesh with the reality no. of technology at all. Even on on on, a, on a, like a daily on on people's daily user experience level. Like, I'm not expecting him to, 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 like, stuff the script full of jargon that only, you know, a an IT technician would understand. But if he could at least make an effort for it to, to, to kind of mesh with, you know, as, as a starting point, 
for it to feel like it's grounded in our reality of technology. Mm. But this doesn't feel like that to me. No. And I think that's the issue I have with it. But anyway, so, yeah, so that happens. So the Doctor leaves Clara. Uh, unit take over the Shard. Good to see Unit back. Mm-hmm. And we find out at this point that the client of this company is the Great Intelligence. Yes. So it's now got Richard E. Grant's face. Yep. And in order to save itself, it needs everyone to remember, sorry, not remember, to forget it, including Kislet herself. Yeah, and Kislet says, you know, you've been whispering in my ear so long, I can't even remember, you know, what... What you know? What I was before you, basically. Yeah. Um. But yeah, basically, the, the great intelligence is just kind of just ditching and running. Yeah. Yeah. Except that it doesn't have legs, so it doesn't run anywhere. But you know. <laughs> so yeah, it resets everyone, uh, including Kizet, yeah. and when it resets her, she reverts back to being like a child, because obviously yeah. it's been with her for so long. Yeah, so she's just like surrounded by unit soldiers and she's just sort of saying like, are you my mummy and daddy? They said they wouldn't be long. And holy shit, see the Emery's performance in that one moment. Yeah. Because again, it's so tonally different to her performance the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah. That just, that moment, whatever else I I dislike about this episode, that moment chills me to the marrow. Hmm. I, I think it's so effective. Like, just can you imagine, like, just being hacked for your entire life and then just suddenly reverting back to a like a seven year old child? Um, yeah. So then Clara goes back to the family she stays with. We haven't really mentioned them, so it's not, not really. It's I not mean, her. Because they're incredibly boring, really. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah. So there's a dad and two kids. <laughs> Clara went to stay with them. When she was there, the mother died, and yeah. she's been there ever since. Yeah. Long story short. Yes, yeah. But it obviously, it meshes with... Obviously, this is a different... Well, I say obviously. This appears to be a different Clara. Hmm. Yeah. Still fulfilling again, that she's... nanny role, isn't it? Yeah, the exact same that she was with Captain Latimer's children. Um and the other thing we haven't mentioned is when the doctor's sort of preparing her room, he finds a book in her room. Yes. The uh, 101 Places to See Before You Die. And uh, there's a sort of, there's a leaf pressed on the first page. That's right. And she's had this book since she was a kid. And like, you know, she crosses out her age and writes in the new age every year. Um, but she's kind of been clinging onto it. So like her, she wanted to travel, but she she's ended up sort of being stuck where she is because she feels an obligation to this family mm. in the absence of their mother. Um, so yeah, that kind of that sets us up for this Clara's need for escape. Yeah. So the doctor offers Clara to come traveling, and yeah. the episode ends with her saying, "Come back tomorrow." Yeah, and again, I like that because I, I, it, it's wrong-footing the Doctor. You know, already she's been kind of dismissive and I like that she refers to the TARDIS as a snog box. Yeah. So she's like, this is what you do, you just invite girls in to your, to your snog box. And, and, but I like that she's 
she's properly dismissed. She's like, does this actually work on people? Yeah. You know, um, and, and we know the answer is yes, it definitely does. But um, she's not having it, basically. And kind of, um, she's not just going to rush into it, which is interesting. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but of course, it's a time machine. So he rematerializes tomorrow. Yeah. 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 As he did earlier in the episode, isn't it? He just... Yeah. There's no need to wait. Yeah. yeah. But, so, yeah, I don't think this yeah. was the worst episode we've ever seen. It was okay. But yes, I don't think yeah. it necessarily accomplished very much. And... I think, yeah, I think what what all Moffat really... In terms of, like, the bullet points of stuff that had to get done in the episode, it was establish this modern-day version of Clara... Mm-hmm. Uh, get her on board travelling with the Doctor. Get the Doctor really back into the swing of it, having been sort of out of it for a while. Um, and, and he was obviously a little bit in the snowmen, but he's now like full on. And then ba- back in standard adventuring that mode. we've still got the great intelligence out there. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it does accomplish that. I just... The, the plot is just a bit of a jumble, isn't it, it? It feels more like one of the episodes we traditionally get at the end of a series building to a climax rather than an opener. And I know this isn't yeah. a, a series yeah. opener, but... But it kind of is a series. Yeah. It's Like I say, the structure of this series is just so strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was but okay. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um... But anyway, yeah, um, I don't really, I, I don't have anything more to say on it, to be honest. No. Um, next week, we are going to be discussing the Rings of Akhaten. Okay, so we're following the traditional story where we go first episode normal, second episode future. You reckon that's future? Could uh, be past. Oh no, did you say Akhaten? Isn't that like yeah. just outside Leeds? Yeah, it's going to be a future spacey one, isn't it? (laughs) Well, we'll see. Uh, Until then, thank you very much for listening, and cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.